Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello, dear listener, and welcome back to Owning It, the Anxiety Podcast with me, Caroline Foran. I really hope that you're enjoying this season so far. Apologies in advance if my voice is a little bit croaky for this episode. I have been fighting a non-COVID virally thing for the last two weeks. Um, So every now and then it just completely goes on me, which is really convenient when you're making podcasts. I wanted to interrupt this flow that I'm having of uh, guest-based episodes just to bring you a solo episode and something that's a little bit more personal and something that I feel would be helpful for anyone who is really in the depths of it at the moment. And I'll actually, something I was thinking about myself recently, when you take stock and you realise how far you've come and how important it is to acknowledge that. Um, And I was thinking about one of the biggest worries and fears that really dominated my mind when I was really in the doldrums of anxiety all those years ago, when it wasn't just, you know, the backdrop to every day that I lived through, but it was right in the forefront with nothing else in view. It's all I could see. Um, I woke up anxious. I went to bed anxious. I slept anxiously. I dreamt anxiously. And during my waking hours, I was just riddled with it. And I think worse in the presence of anxiety in the moment um, and all of the horrible physical symptoms that it brought with it for me was the fear that this might be how I would always be. Um, Would I not get to do any of the things other people did? Would I not get to do any of the things I wanted to do? I was so anxious I didn't even know what I wanted to do or if there were things I wanted to do other than just to, to hide away and close my eyes and just really honestly wish my life away. Um, would I ever have a day in my life where I didn't feel as anxious as I was feeling? And and really the ultimate question was, what if this was all life was ever going to be? And I think saying it now, it's it can sound like I was being dramatic or something, but when you're there, you know, they're very real, very visceral, very valid fears and questions that I plagued myself with daily. Um, and I couldn't say with, with any ounce of confidence that life would improve. Um, I had I had no idea if it would but I so wanted it to. 
despite believing firmly that I was just broken. I used to always use that word that I was just, you know, no matter what happens, I think I just came out funny. I'm just broken. There's something like a bird with a dodgy wing. Um, or that I was someone who had just fallen between the cracks with incorrect brain wiring that couldn't be fixed. Um, and I'd have to just live with it. I said about trying to get familiar with what was happening to me as opposed to running away from it. So I did the work and uh, none of which was easy and all of which as you know is chronicled in my my three books and throughout the episodes of the, of this podcast series. So I think most of you who've been listening for a while know the story by now um, and eventually I was able to look back and notice that I had gotten to where I didn't think was possible, where anxiety just did not define my existence or punctuate my life from one end of the day to the other. I think the worst thing about anxiety is that when you're right in the thick of it, you cannot, no matter what anyone else tells you, know for sure that you'll come through it. But what I eventually learned was that this belief in things not turning out well is the anxiety itself at work. That is the kernel of the anxiety. That is the narrative that it's giving you. And when you're at a really low ebb and you're feeling vulnerable and you don't understand the anxiety, then that is a narrative that you're going to accept as fact. And these fears and worries that you'll never be okay are so characteristic of anxiety. So if you can do anything, try just to see it in that way. It's not a fact. It's not a guaranteed forecast of how your life will be forevermore. I know you can't see that right now, but it's true. It is simply a narrative offered up to you by your anxious brain in this moment, which is based on fear and conjecture. What your job is now and what my job was is to accept where your brain is at right in this moment, understand why it's giving you this narrative, realise it's your anxiety talking and nothing more and work with yourself gently to change that narrative over time. Easier said than done I know but rather than ever try to get rid of the anxiety, this whole idea of owning it and working with it to soothe whatever has gotten so agitated and overstimulated in your mind and body is key. You have to work with it, you really do, because it's the only mind and body you've got. It's the only beautiful vessel you have been given in which to, to, to live your life. So you have to work with it. So I want to talk through some of the beliefs that I had back then all of the things that I thought anxiety would absolutely hold me back from and, and rob me of um, but in the end as I'm on the other side of it now I can say for sure that it, it never did. So first of all I think one of the big concerns people have is a loving relationship. Um, in past relationships or with any kind of brief romantic dalliances with guys I had met before Barry um, I just tried my best to you know put on a brave face and always pretend like oh I'm completely fine I'm totally laid back and I'm so chilled and I go with the flow and that's what I put out on the surface while on the inside I was you know anything but and I tried to be something I wasn't I denied my nature and I tried so hard to fit into an idea of what a guy would like in a girlfriend and I believe nobody would want to be with me once they found out what a quack I really was or so that's how I thought of myself that I got more anxious the further away from home I got or that I liked to know where the nearest toilet was. I mean, that's not sexy. Given, you know, my experience with IBS, that was something you wanted to sweep under the rug or that I felt so different on the inside and so much more afraid than how I perceived everybody else to be. I remember breaking up with a boyfriend and thinking, right, that's it. He didn't love me. Nobody will ever love me. I'm not cool. I'm not carefree. I'm not fun loving. I'm an anxious person who likes to watch DVDs with her parents because that is where she feels safest and least likely to panic. Who the hell would want that? I'm done for now. I must squash at this part of me if I'm to avoid ending up alone. Well, that worked for me up to a point until it didn't anymore. And just as Barry and I were getting serious about each other, anxiety had been kind of in the background for, for a while. It had given me a bit of a break. But then just as we were, I guess, getting to the point where you have to really 
crossed those thresholds, anxiety came back to bite me in the arse in a major way. Uh, this time it was more related to a job change. Um, and that's the that's the story that set me about on this journey of talking about it, I suppose. Um, and as soon as that anxiety hit me, I mean, it floored me. It was incredibly tough um, and it frightened the crap out of me. And obviously at the time, then I tried to push Barry away and it was as if the anxiety was like, hey, you know, not so fast. You have to deal with me. As far as I was concerned, Barry would be out the door. The honeymoon is over. He did not sign up for this. I am not fun now. In fact, some days I'm too scared to leave the house and this is not this is not what he signed up for. I didn't understand it. I, I, he didn't understand it either. But he said we would figure it out together and it was okay. And I don't know how I got so lucky, but I did. I told him everything about my past experiences with anxiety, my shame around it, my struggles with it. You know, all the things I was so insecure about, like not wanting to, to travel, being afraid of being out of my comfort zone. And he said, well, he still loved me. Um, and he actually asked me to just let him love me, which I found really hard to do at the time. I completely fell apart. Um, and in the best way that laid the foundations for our relationship, he saw all of it. Um, I was so intensely vulnerable and he was there by my side to help me slowly figure things out and understand all of it and eventually to own it. And, you know, I actually helped him to better understand his own feelings of anxiety too. And I think I know it might seem easier to meet someone and hide your anxiety, but it would just never be real or authentic and they would never truly know you. And the funny thing is, is when I was willing to address it and do the work openly to figure things out, the anxiety eventually dissipated to you know, a bit more of occasional background noise. So it was no longer a roadblock in between me and a relationship. But not because it went away out of the blue, because I confronted it and accepted it and I worked with myself. I'm always going to keep coming back to that. So that's one thing I didn't think would be doable. A loving long, long-term relationship where my other half doesn't feel shortchanged by being with me. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 
the next thing was um, the idea of getting married. So I thought for sure, given my heightened anxiety around events and the pressure of having to be okay on a specific day when I might not be okay, I would never be able to cope with getting married. But I did that too. I had a wonderful wedding and I didn't just endure it, I fucking loved it. Again, as I had done with my relationship with Barry in the beginning, I approached the wedding with a full appreciation for the fact that yes, this is an anxiety inducing event for most people, so it might definitely be for me. Of course it's overwhelming, I didn't try to pretend as though it wasn't a big deal, it's one of the biggest things you can do in your life and all eyes are on you and it's it's not a natural environment to be in. So I mapped out my course of action of, you know, if on the day I needed a time out to catch my breath, if I felt panicky. And I talked to Barry about it whenever I needed to as the day approached. Um, But at that point, I was so open about my anxiety. You know, all my friends knew it was something I'd grappled with, that it wasn't like this thing I was trying to hide and pretend didn't exist. And because of my desire not to make the wedding become a, a super stressful event, which it can become for people who have no anxiety at all, I just made the decision just, I just wasn't going to get caught up stressing and worrying and being fussy about flowers or napkins or any of the tiny details that I just knew would not matter on the day. I just chose things that I liked and I got on with it. I trusted people who, you know, like the florist, I just said, look, this is kind of the idea that I like and then I'm going to trust you to just do it. I didn't need to like approve every single leaf and petal because that is where people get themselves so amped up on trying to achieve perfection that of course anxiety is going to to be present. I think sometimes you have to ask yourself, well, if I want to do this thing, what would make me a little bit less anxious about it? Um, because that's allowing for the fact that there's anxiety present and saying, well, how can I make this easier myself? You don't need to torture yourself and punish yourself by putting yourself through an event that is your idea of hell. So for one thing, I mean, Barry was like knocking on the idea of doing like an entrance, you know, when you get announced as a couple and you come into the room dancing and singing he just thought that was like just too much for him so we didn't do that you don't have to do anything you don't want to do you don't even have to give a speech even if you're the groom listening you don't have to do anything if it's going to make you feel uncomfortable it is your day I actually did give a speech in the end and I loved it I think so many years previous I would have thought I would have you know had to been pumping this annex to get me through my own wedding and the complete opposite was true I I really honestly had a ball and I was probably more at ease than I had ever been in my life on that day. Again, I should say, you know, I really believe this is because of all of the work I had done on my anxiety up to that point um, and how willing I was to own it. Public speaking is another thing, absolutely no fucking way. That is something I thought I would never do unless I had some sort of like masochistic tendency uh, or need to torture myself. But I do a lot of public speaking now actually because of my job and what I talk about. I still get nervous. I still feel really jittery just beforehand. Everyone does. Um, but these days I'm able to sleep really well the night before. I'm able to eat. And once I've prepared, uh, you know, and once I've, I know what I'm going to do and the more I do it, the easier it gets. Sometimes I get down off a podium after speaking to like a really large group of staff and I think, holy shit, like look how far you've come. And I remember looking at people who did this back when I was really unwell and I had such envy. and I thought that will never be me. I would never be able to do that. Well, fuck you anxiety because I did. A huge part of me being able to get up and give a talk these days, you know, I really have to admit this part, is the fact that I will always address the inherent anxiety in such an activity. Because of the nature of what I'm talking about, I'm able to say, oh, well, obviously this is anxiety inducing and I kind of put it out there and I name it and I label it and it never actually undermines me. It actually serves to put the audience at ease so that everyone feels more comfortable. So again, making it work for me, that has helped hugely and public speaking is now something I can do without sending complete shivers up my spine. Travelling um, is a biggie. Travelling was a huge thing. I remember 
that being the one thing I thought, I, I, can I just get away with living my life within, you know, a square kilometer of where my house is? If I could do that, maybe I'll be fine. And I remember all of my friends going off to San Francisco on a J1 visa um, and off on big trips around Southeast Asia while I came up with some excuse to stay home. Um, I didn't go because I could think of nothing worse than being so far from home without my family and having to play along with a group mentality and not being able to do what I wanted to do or if I needed to step away not being not feeling like I was confident enough to do that or have time alone or even having the, the possibility of having a quiet time or a quiet night in when you're in like a frat house or something. I remember first agreeing to go because I felt such social pressure and then getting really physically sick at the thought of having committed. I mean, my body just was like, you're not able for this. And then I backed out and I never told any of my friends at the time the truth, but but now they obviously know. And they're still my friends. And the truth was, I just, I wasn't ready in my early twenties. I just hadn't confronted the anxiety. I didn't know what to do about it. I didn't, I didn't want to know about it. And there was just nowhere near the level of acceptance and understanding around anxiety as there is now. I just needed to stay put at that time in my life. I needed to miss out and I needed to mind myself and not force myself into anything until I was ready. But at the time, I believed I would never be ready. I would never be in Asia. I could never see myself there. I was far too terrified. I couldn't understand why somebody would go somewhere willingly where you could so easily catch traveler's diarrhea. That was like my biggest fear. But that's another thing that anxiety in the end never fully held me back from. I haven't done a year around the world and it's not because of my anxiety. I just, I realize now it's just not really something I want to do. But at the time I thought I could maybe just about cope with a family trip to Spain at a stretch. But the year after I got married, I did Thailand, Japan, all over Thailand, all over Japan, New York, and I did Spain as well. And I even did New York by myself, which was another thing I didn't think was possible. I thought I would always have to have a comfort blanket of a person there with me, whether it was my mom or then it had become Barry. But there I was alone, walking the streets of New York, promoting my book that I had had published over there um, and having another pinchy moment of thinking your anxious self at, you know, 23, 24 would not have believed this for a moment. And then there was the idea of becoming a parent, uh, which deserves a whole other episode, and I'll be sure to, to give it one later on. I thought there was no way, if I couldn't take care of myself or if I got panicked in the most innocuous of situations, that I would ever be able to take care of a child. How would I even handle pregnancy if I was sick when being sick terrifies me so much? Well, I was sick when I was pregnant, and it wasn't fun at all, but I got through it. How would I be in labour when I was so afraid to be out of control of my body? Well, I did, and the drugs helped. How would I cope with a tiny baby? Well, at first I did find it really hard. Um, I did have quite a lot of initial anxiety um, just with the hormones and everything. I talked about that in a previous episode, but eventually I found my feet. And today it just feels like the most natural thing in the world to me, you know, that as an anxious worrier who had a panic attack, when I, I remember when my parents dropped me off at a school party one time. Now I'm a parent helping my own little man navigate through his own worries and it's not a stretch anymore. It's it's as things were meant to be. And I just never knew at the time that I was capable of it. But here I am doing it. So I'm 33 now. I live in a house with my husband and our son, a house that we own ourselves. I never thought I'd be able to live away from, from my parents. My parents actually moved to the other side of the country. So I can't drop in whenever I feel a little bit uneasy. Um, You know, I, I, I don't call my mom with begging her to come back and mind me. I see her regularly and we have a really lovely relationship that isn't as codependent or, well, I guess dependent on my side as it once was. Um, we book trips away as a family, me and Barry, and I, I've, I've 
stopped thinking, you know, oh my God, but what if I get anxious before I go? I just don't even have those thoughts anymore. And it's not because I think, well, I will never feel anxious when I'm abroad. It's because I'm okay with it if I do. And I really look forward to the idea of a trip away, even all by myself, if I can get it with a toddler at home, which is probably unlikely. And I get asked to give a talk to people in an office and I say yes enthusiastically, knowing that it will be a bit scary, but it's the good kind of scary. And I go out for dinner without wondering where the toilets are. I don't even need to scan the menu in advance panicking. I don't wake up with anxious aches and pains every day. Almost never, in fact. I sleep really well and I'm happier than I've ever been, more content than I've ever been. And I'm incredibly grateful for all of the things that anxiety never held me back from doing. But I'm also really grateful for the anxiety itself for making me confront, I guess, my truest self and being more authentic. Um, I think it had to be done as not fun as it was. Um, I'm grateful that the anxiety bridged the gap between what I was putting out there and, and who I really was. Um, and now I just am my yeah I'm I'm happier than I've ever been and I just really wanted to share that as some hopeful um maybe bit of inspiration for people who are really feeling it at the moment I want to remind anyone who's currently in the depths of it that you know while it's where you are right now it is not going to be your forever it does not have to define your life and all of the things that you think anxiety will hold you back from it won't but you have to own it and you have to be willing to take it with you on all of these adventures and accept that it might sometimes be, you know, a bit of an annoying backseat passenger, but it won't always be in the driving seat. I promise you that. And I can say hand on heart that that is not your fate. So thank you so much for listening to this solo episode. I hope that you found it helpful. I hope it's given you some pep in your step. Um, and I will be back with the guest episode next week. Thank you so much. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. The easiest way to access Owning It Real Time is to head to the link in the episode description or episode details, whatever you call them, show notes. You will find the link in there at the top. 
You can sign up right away for Owning It Real Time and access a full library of 10 situation-specific audio guides that will help you own your anxiety even more than you've ever done before.